Well, good morning. My name is Phil Nelson. I'm the worship leader here um, at Emmanuel Covenant Church. There's actually several of us now worship leading. Dan did a great job this morning. And, you know, what a treat it was actually to have Dan lead um, in light of what we're talking about today because it allowed me to see we have a singing church. We sing. And I don't see a lot of guys just standing there like this. I see everybody interacting. Um, and this is exciting, so it actually makes this message a little bit easier um, this morning as well. So hey, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 92. If not, we will have it on the screen. If you don't happen to have a Bible, we do have Bibles available for you actually back at the resource table just over here. If you don't have one, feel free to take one with you. It's our gift to you. As long as you use it, that's kind of what we say. Um, but here, Psalm 92 will be up on the screens as well. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Did you know that for the last 132 weeks, I counted it up, I went back in the calendar, and I said, when was our first Sunday that we started going weekly? And it was, has been 132 weeks that we've been gathering to sing and to worship. Now, there's a few more you want to add in there. So we've met more than 132 times because we have some Christmases in there. We have Ash Wednesday in there. And then we had a few preview services. But for the last 132 weeks consistently, we've gathered to sing. We've gathered to meet each other. We've gathered to dig into the word. And, you know, it's one of those things that I haven't done singing with anybody else for the last 132 weeks. I've done it with you. There hasn't been any other group of people in my life that says, hey, let's get together and sing every week. And so it's just not a natural thing. So I thought, well, as I was just thinking about this, and it has a lot to do with my job here as being the worship leader, I thought, this is going to be good for us to look at why do we sing? If nobody else gets together with me 132 times over the last 132 weeks to sing, well, why is it important for us to get together and sing? Um, Singing is not an everyday occurrence. And so I I was putting together my thoughts for this. I thought, what is a place that I remember being at, which was definitely not church, and everybody was singing? And it brought me back to a thought of a trip that I took to Chicago. And I was visiting a friend in Chicago, and he said, I want to show you the town. I was like, that will be great. So we went to this club in downtown Chicago. It's called the Redhead Piano Bar. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. It is the most amazing place that I'd ever been to up to that point. Because what it was was all these people jammed in a space that's probably half the size of this room, and all there is is a piano. And these people started to gather. As soon as the musician took to the keys... They started to gather and they would sing these songs from the 70s and the 80s. If Elton John wrote it or Billy Joel wrote it, it was there. (laughs) And I knew only a few of their songs at the time, but it didn't matter because it was electric. You got in there and you just started to sing along with these songs. Don't go changing. You know, it was all these things that gathered. So if you were in there with a broken heart, you felt lifted. If you were there and you just needed to celebrate, you were exuberant. The music gathered them together. So I was thinking, it can't just be church and it can't just be some crazy piano bars that people gathered to sing. Um, I thought about a time I took Palmer to the Metrodome. And the last time we've been to a Vikings game 
was several years ago. And this was when it was rare for us to get a touchdown. This is pre-Farve. So, so, when, so when we got the touchdown, it was more of a shocker. And what happens when we get a touchdown at the Vikings game? We all stand, and we all try to figure out what this means. Skull Vikings. And we try to lip the words, and we try to sing. So we sing at the Vikings games. And then another time I thought, well, we gather and we sing the national anthem when our loved ones are sent off to battle. So singing is all around us. Singing does surround us. But what does the Bible say about singing? But before we get into that, I want to say I know that some of you told me I just don't sing. I feel uncomfortable when there's long extended times of worship and I just want to set you at ease and say, I understand. And I got a short little video to help bring us all onto the same page. So if we can get the lights, and Levi, if you want to fire the video, we'll, we'll do that now. And now, another priceless pep talk from Clayton Panic. Not sure what to do on a Sunday morning when everybody starts singing? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. First of all, look around. Not everybody's singing. Some people are just sitting there. Some people are drinking coffee. And some people are just looking around, just like you're doing. And when you see one of those people, give them a little heads up. You know, the, hey bud, what's up, look, like this. That's what I'm talking about. It's a way to say, you and me, we're not singing right now, but we're here, and we're in this thing together, and that's worth something. And this has been another Priceless Pep Talk from Clayton Fanning. We're not going to stop there, but, <laughs> you know, I, during worship, uh, usually when I'm leading, I'm not surveying the crowd for, you know, <laughs> the heads up and stuff. But it was nice to see today that there was a lot of people singing, at least trying to sing and trying to mouth the words or reading along with it. Um, but what does the Bible say about singing? You know, if you did a simple search on Bible Gateway, it's a sweet little tool on the Internet, BibleGateway.com. If you did a simple search for the word sing, you would find that it would come up with 400 references to singing. You would also find that it comes up with 50 direct commands in the Bible that God says for us to sing. You would also see that in the New Testament that twice we are told to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. You'd also see, if you looked in Zephaniah 3, that there's this passage that seems to say that God is going to sing over us one day. And that he's going to dance over us one day. And not only is God going to sing and dance, but he's going to fire up a choir of angels to celebrate you. And that's pretty cool to see. God loves music. He loves music so much that actually if you get into Job, you can see that music was there at the creation of the world. You know, in the Gospels, we um, can read about the Last Supper. And in, just in the tail end, it talks about before they leave to go pray that they said that they left after Jesus and the disciples sang a hymn. So we see that Jesus and his disciples gathered and they sing. The Holy Spirit fills us to sing. And in Ephesians 5, and I think we have this uh, for the screens, it says, Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of of our Lord Jesus. So we worship a triune God who sings. Heavenly Father sings, Jesus sings, the Holy Spirit sings, and he's called us to be like him. 
And that's one of the reasons why we're gathering together today to sing. But today's discussion, just to clarify, is not about worship um, alone. It's not just about just directly worship because it's, it's different than that. When we gather to sing on Sundays, it is definitely worship. But there's other ways to worship. Um, can you worship without singing? And I would say absolutely you can worship without singing. Um, you, anything that you do out of obedience to glorify God is an act of worship. It doesn't have to be singing. It can be helping a friend, laying down um, your desires to serve someone else. Or maybe God has just prompted you to encourage someone. That's an act of worship. It could be loading up a bunch of tools and taking off to, to a village in Juarez, Mexico to help some kids that don't have anybody else to want to hold them want to take care of their place, that's an act of worship as well. It's not just singing. So today, though, we're going to talk a lot about singing. We're going to talk mainly about our context of why we gather here and sing. Um, I don't want you to get the message that worship is just singing. Worship is greater than that, but singing, what we do here, is an act of worship. So here's my question. What, what happens when we sing? When we, meet with, when we sing, we, we meet with the living God, and we meet with each other. When we sing, we become engaged. And that's the first thing for your, for your notes. When we sing, we become engaged. And you're going to get one real quick here, so keep your pen ready. We become engaged with God's story. A story that we are a part of, and yet a story that's much greater than us. We become connected with His story. A story from the beginning of time that we were thought of even at the beginning of the time, the Bible says. And so as we sing, we're reminded of the history and all that God has done. When we begin to sing great words that have been sung for generations, we are also joined not just with God's story through the Bible. We're, we're, we're linked with God's story of the church. And we're singing the same great words that have been sung for generations and generations from even some of the songs that we take are from the Old Testament. So some of these words that we are singing were meditated on and were even used as songs by the Israelites. And we're joining with them today. We engage with God's story. We engage with these songs of years gone by. And a couple songs I just put in the notes, and yet I could go on and on, and we could have actually used several from Dan's set list today. Um, but his Take My Life is from Psalm 16. How Great Is Our God is from Psalm 93. And then a newer one that we've been doing a little bit is Sing, Sing, Sing. And that's from Psalm 47. These words and these truths have sustained for centuries. They don't just pass. And so as your voice lifts up a song such as Take My Life or How Great Is Our God or you're moving into these words that are written in the Psalms, know that your words are glorifying God in the way that generations have glorified God before. Your grandparents, your grandparents, grandparents. And we go on and on and on all the way back to, to, to even looking at Moses. Our words here are joining us with God's story. We also become engaged with God's story through remembering what God has done. God uses songs in Scripture as reminders of our relationship with Him. 
it's, it's good to see this because in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Levi, do we have that? Deuteronomy 31, uh, we, we get to peer in on a conversation that Moses and God are having. And I think this is amazing because I would love to have sat there and heard these conversations that they had. And you're asking us to do what, God? <laughs> kind of thing. And go, would I even say that? You know, <laughs> kind of going. Um, but here, let's listen to this. Is God, this is God speaking. Now write down this song. Write down this song. God's a songwriter. God's a composer. God not only created the trees and the plants and the universe, he's a songwriter. God said, now write down this song and teach it to the Israelites and have them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. When I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land I promised on oath to their ancestors, when they eat their fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them, rejecting me and breaking my covenant. And And when many disasters and calamities come on them, this song will testify against them. Because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. I know what they are disposed to do, even before I bring them into the land that I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down this song that day and taught it to the Israelites. I love this. Before they even get to the land flowing with milk and honey, God says, they're going to get there, but I know my people that they are going to wander from me. I know when things get good that they're going to tend to not look towards me. And so God says, I'm going to give them a tool. I'm going to give them a song. And how is that not true for us? I find for myself that I, I run to prayer a lot easier. I run to worship a lot easier when my life is a disaster. And maybe some of you came this morning out of that going, I just need to get Jesus. <laughs> I just need to get some help. And there's nothing wrong with that. And actually, God said he knows that about us. He knows that when disasters and calamity happen, that we need to be reminded of him. And that when life gets good, we tend to take our eyes off of who God is and who he created us to be. And when we take our eyes off of who God is and who he created us to be, what happens to us? We tend to wander, Right? We tend to lose focus of where we're going. And so God said, I'm going to give the Israelites a song. I'm going to give them something that will remind them so that when they do lose focus, they'll still have this melody, this jingle in their head, this biblical truth that will witness, testify for them and bring them back to the truth. And so God's given us these songs. He's given us songs that remind us that when life is hard and we feel like God is so far away from us, And we don't know if there's any hope in our today. And he's given us songs that tell us, you know what? There is hope. Don't forget. And a couple of these songs, and Levi, I think I have a couple of these for you. But one of them is, Blessed Be Your Name. And the lyric here is, When the darkness closes in, blessed be your name. It is well with my soul, though Satan should buffet, though trial should come. Let this blessed blessed assurance control and come thou fount. Let's put that one back up there. This is one we sing often. O to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, a chain, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. 
God knows that we are prone to wander. God knows that we will tend to make our own path and at times we'll go, well, how did I get here? And so he gave us songs. He gave us a song to sing, to draw us back, to be that memory. And um, I don't know if part of it is because I do music, I sing music, and it's part of it a lot. But I can find that in times when I am struggling, that this melody will come to mind. And these words, and um, as you know, I'm not the greatest on lyrics. <laughs> I try to keep them written down. <laughs> so I'll get these, I get these fragments of these truths that God's given us, and then it comes to life. And it goes, oh, yeah, let's refocus here. And that song of Come Thou Found, I encourage you guys to look through those lyrics. And as we sing on Sundays, not just to just sing them as like a teleprompter, shoot them across the screen, but allow that biblical truth of God's story to invade you, to teach you, to direct you. God knows that we remember truths of Scripture and theology as melody mixes with words. Melody doesn't make the words more powerful. The word of God is strong on its own and it can stand and live. But he knows, as he's shown us through scripture by giving us songs, that music helps us to remember scripture. And so I encourage you to, to, to learn the words, learn the melodies, but not just let it be a teleprompter shooting by. Help yourself to engage with God's story. The second aspect of why we sing I want to look at is when we sing, we engage with community. And that's your next point. By engaging with God's story, we've engaged with the community of the saints that have gone before us. We're singing the hymns. We're singing not only hymns, we're singing new songs using lyrics and words that have been grounded through history to praising God. But we engage also with a community of worshipers from around the world. Did you know that today, if you were in New Guinea, to Iceland, to anywhere in Africa, you can name a country, that people have gathered today to glorify God, just like us, just like us. They came together and they said, today we are going to come together and we are going to glorify the living God. And so by us coming today to sing, to worship, to meet, to get into the word, we are joining with a community that is greater than just us. We are joining with a community of saints from around the world. I can hardly organize a party to get 30 people to do something. <laughs> you know, and yet the church... God's body each week gathers. And most of them are singing. Some aren't singing because of their life, a fear that people would hear them. And in those, it's more of a whisper. So we engage with the saints. We engage with the community of worshipers from around the world. But when we sing, we also engage with this community, Emmanuel Covenant Church in Shoreview, Minnesota. We engage with this body around us. There's, there's something unique that happens when we gather to worship together versus alone. We begin to carry each other's burdens. It's no longer just my needs and my desires and my life. And now we start to worship together. And Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3 says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praises will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. 
glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You know, there are Sundays when you come and the family sitting next to you needs to hear you sing. They need to hear God's promises. They need to hear God's faithfulness. They need to know that it's, that it's going on right around them and not just from the front. That there are families sitting here that have been crushed by the week's depression, buried by the pressures of life, and they can't lift their voice right now. It's just too heavy, too hard, and they just need to hear you sing. They need to hear the promises. You know that there are also Sundays when an individual needs to join with you in singing songs of worship because they have no one else to celebrate with them what God has done. We have people in our body here that they don't have anyone else in their family that they can run to and say, did you know what Jesus did? Did you know what God did today? Here's a safe place. Here's a place where we can come together and we can celebrate with each other. We can grieve with each other. And so when we sing, we engage with that community. Hebrews 10, 25, and I know I'm shooting a lot of scripture out here. Um, Hebrews 10, 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're meant to get together. God designed us this way. He designed that we would do church, and then as we do church, that we would encourage one another. And as we sing, we can encourage one another. And um, as we sing, the we becomes more important than the me. I don't think that's proper grammar, but it makes sense to me. (laughs) When we sing, you might want to write that down in your margin there. When we sing, the we becomes more important than the me. The body is more important than the individual when we sing together. When you worship alone, you might choose different styles of songs. You might, you might be totally different than what songs we choose to use and worship with here at ECC. When you worship on your own, you might even play the same song over and over for 24 hours. <laughs> or you might be someone that I hear just the first bit of it and I hit bump and it goes to the next song. When you worship on your own, there are all all these preferences and styles for us to meet with God. But when we gather together, the we is more important than the me. So during our times together, it's not about turning our focus uh, to our preferred styles, but it's turning our focus from our preferred styles and tastes and becoming engaged with the living God, meeting with God and meeting with that community around us. Our styles and our preferences come second. But with that said... We'd love to hear your feedback um, because this is a family. We'd love to hear what songs you like. We'd love to hear what styles of music you like. We'd love to hear, oh, this really helped me engage or I found this to be distracting. We do want to hear that. We want to get that back, even though that is not our focus when we're meeting together on Sunday. And so during our times together, together though we'd love to hear your feedback, our time that you spend together If you spend it criticizing or evaluating musicianship or song choice or style of music um, and you and you look at, you know, blank page turn, (laughs) if you spend most of your time criticizing and evaluating the service, 
you over, and you overlook the truth of God, you miss the gift that God has given you. You miss the gift and the opportunity to engage with a body of believers, a community around you. But if you're in the car ride later and you're going home, you go, you know what? I just didn't get that song. Why did they sing God of the City for five weeks in a row? <laughs> I want to hear an email. We sang God of the City for five weeks in a row because it was part of God. All right, we, every so often we pick a theme song. Um, and that was the theme song for our last series. Um, but as we gather, if you have thoughts like that, send them my way. We want this to be a family. And just like a family that gathers to eat, and as you eat together and all of a sudden you find out that one person there says, you know what, I really hate green beans. You know, we want to know, do you hate the green beans? Um, but sometimes we have to eat the green beans because they're healthy for us and it's a family together. But um, we don't take offense to that. It's not a personal thing. But as we worship together, let's, turn, let's continue to turn our focus to God and not on critiquing the service in the midst. And I haven't received a lot of emails of people critiquing the service in the midst, but I love the feedback I get afterwards. People go, you know what? I really met, in that, met God in that song. Or why do you sing that chorus too many times? But when that comes after the fact... You still had your chance to meet with God and encourage the community around you. You still had your opportunity to engage. And we also still get to hear your feedback. Does that make sense? Because we don't want to miss out on the gift that God has given us of being engaged with the community together. The third aspect, and these aren't all the aspects. This is not going to tie up why we sing in a quick little bow. But the third aspect of why we sing is that when we sing, we engage with a vision and a purpose. As we sing, we not only connect with our place within God's story, but we also become engaged with the vision and purpose of our creation. We become aligned with the truths that endure. Singing draws, cre- singing draws, cre- draws us as a community towards a single focus. We are reminded of God's truths and our place within a story. We are reminded of the community around us and that we're not alone. Uh, we are also reminded of our purpose. When you combine God's story and you combine that with this community that God has surrounded us with, we start to see the vision and purpose that we've been called to do. And it's, we've been called to glorify God. We've been called to live Jesus out into this community. We've been called to live Jesus out to our neighbors, to love to love God, to love Jesus, and to follow him. And just as the Israelites were prone to wander, so are we. And so we use songs here at church to remind us of our vision and our purpose. So there's one of the songs that um, we've sung over the last few months is called Open Hands. And Open Hands is a song about opening our life and remembering charity, remembering that it's not all our wealth. It's not all our stuff, but God's created us to give. Another song that we sing sometimes is called, I Will Offer Up My Life. Again, we're reminded of our purpose and our vision that we are called to lay down our life for God, for a friend. And it's not about us, because the we is more important than the me. What if I don't sing? What if I just can't sing? (laughs) Maybe that's your question this morning. Going, wow, Phil, there's a lot of pressure on singing. 
Am I a sinner if I don't sing? Um, what if I don't feel like singing? And what if, what if I don't want to want to sing? <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Um, it's not that I just don't sing. I don't want to sing. I don't want to even want to sing. And so, do I have to sing? And my answer, from my understanding, of it, is no. There have been times in my life when I didn't want to sing. Um, I remembered a few few years ago. Um, that there was a service that I didn't want to lead. Now, I, well, I should say it that way. There was a service that I wasn't sure I wanted to worship God at the beginning of it. It was right after um, Jen and I had our second miscarriage. And I remember not wanting to start worshiping God. It's hard to get up in front of people and say, Hey, God is great. That is good. When inside you're going, huh? Where are you, God? But I remember that Sunday. As I started to sing these great words of God. These promises that at the beginning of the service were like vinegar. At the beginning of the service, it felt like the last thing I wanted to do. Because it seemed so contrary to where my spirit was at the time. But as we started to sing as a church, as a body, and I could hear you guys singing and joining in with these great promises of God, it broke the hardness in me. It made me bend to the Holy Spirit. It made me open up to what God was doing. And I found myself just singing because I wanted to. At the beginning, I didn't even want to want to. But as we gathered together... He opened me up. So there are some Sundays when we come that maybe we just need to sing or we need to just start reading the lyrics. Maybe your heart is so hard that that's all you can do, and that is a huge step in that of going, God, I'm just going to read what's on the screen. (laughs) I'm just going to be from that place. And you know what? That's engaging. That's still engaging. There have been other times when we gather that we need to know that someone else is traveling with us. We need to sometimes sit within the congregation and be surrounded by people of faith and just sit there. Sometimes you just need to sit there and see other people standing and singing and other people raising their voices. And in this case, we, we don't sing for ourselves, but we sing for those around us. 1 Corinthians 14, starting with verse 15, says this. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can the others who are now put in the same situation as an inquirer say, Amen. How can they agree with you to your thanksgiving? Since they do not know what you are saying. You are giving thanks, though, well enough, but the others are not edified. So sometimes we can come and we go, you know what, I'm just going to sing to myself. I'm going to keep it in my head. I'm just going to let the words float by. But what Paul's saying here is when we just sing in our spirit, yes, that is well enough. You are giving thanksgiving, but how is anybody around us built up? How is anyone around us encouraged? 
So he encourages us that if you can sing, if you can sing with understanding, if you can pray with understanding, to do so. And it's because it's not just for you, it's for the church around you. Because again, as those great words are put on the screen before us, as those promises as Dan led us today in the Lord's Prayer, what a great reminder that he knows our needs and he meets our needs. And as you might have come this morning not sure how you're going to pay your mortgage this month and you're not sure necessarily how you're going to even take care of your kids and you might be at the end of a rope and somehow and you might have come and you just need to hear other people around you go, you know what? God's good. God will take care of it. We're in this together. So in the end, to tie this together, being engaged is more important than being in tune. I gave the worship team a little bit of a disclosure. I said, this doesn't apply to them. Because <laughs> there is a little bit of a difference. When you subject somebody else to hear your singing in a microphone from the front, we all work together. <laughs> but in the heart of the message today, know that being engaged is more important than being in tune. You might not feel like you're a singer. You might not feel like anybody else wants to hear. You know what? With the PA cranking up and stuff, nobody's listening to just you. It's the community around you. And so that's the spirit. Where is your next step to be engaged? So when we sing next time and words are coming together, maybe your first step is, I'm just going to read them. Maybe you're going to go, I'm just... I'm going to just speak them. I'm going to, and then maybe go, I'm going to sing, but I'm going to be quiet. But I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. And then you might find yourself building up and going, you know what? I'm going to lift my voice out because it is for the community. Because the we is more important than just me. We do it for the glory of God. We gather to meet with God. But as we meet with God, as we sing, we become engaged. Can you be engaged without singing? Certainly. Are you more holy if you're singing? Absolutely not. There's no spiritual belts or awards for being the best singer. I've been in some worship situations where there's, there's one person that's trying to sing above the whole congregation. There's no special awards for that. I haven't heard that here, but that could be I have earplugs in most of the time. But, <laughs> um, but the other one, does God ask us to sing? I think we can say yes to that. He does ask us to sing. Does he ask everyone to get up in front of a mic and have to sing in front of 200 people? No. And that's not what he's asking you to do, and that's not what we're asking either. But when we sing, we engage with God's story. We engage with the community around us, and then we also engage with his vision and purpose for us. Psalm 92, and I'm going to invite the band to come forward at this time. It says, It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of a ten-string lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. Right now we're going we're gonna to sing. We're going to put some things into practice. Nobody's looking around. So if you are just at one stage and you go, you know, I just need to sit here and I just need to experience God's presence, 
That's fine. We've talked about that. That's okay. But maybe you're at a place where I just want to try singing out a little bit more. We've chosen a song here called The Stand. I love this song because it really fits with what we're talking about. At the beginning of the song, it says, You stood before creation, talking about God's story and as we were to engage with his story. But then as we sing, I want you to also hear the community around you, your fellow brothers and sisters here, singing together in one choir of 200 people, lifting this up. And then at the end where it goes into, I stand in awe to recognize that we are called to glorify God. Let him renew that vision, that purpose within you. At this time, we're going to take an offering. And if you are a guest or a visitor here, um, just let the basket pass. This is our gift to you. Um, Don't feel any obligation. But if this is your home church, this is another way that we can worship God. If you want to sing as you put it in the basket, you are permitted today. (laughs) Let's pray together. Okay, let's pray together. (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you for making us a singing church. Thanks for giving us the gift of music, Lord, that helps us to, one, glorify you above all else, but it teaches us and reminds us of your story and our place within it and the community around us. Lord, and it reminds us of our purpose. It's not about us. So Lord, receive our gifts of tithe and offering and receive our praise as we come before you. Praise in Jesus' name.